0: Welcome to the Design to Lead Leadership Podcast, where we are helping you unleash your leadership potential. I am your host, Casey Johnson, and you are listening to episode number four. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us today on this episode of Design to Lead Leadership Podcast. We are actually going to be joined by a guest today. Uh, I've got Pastor Kevin Krim from North Church Bastrop here right in the same area where I pastor. Uh, he is here with me today and uh, Kevin man I'm, I'm excited to have you with me. Thanks for having me man. I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah absolutely. I, I told Kevin on the way in that he was a guinea pig. I, uh, I tried my best to um, listen to my own um, leadership wisdom I guess. I I sent this podcast out to some guys and I said, hey guys, I need y'all to evaluate this thing and tell me, you know, what I need to do and things I need to do better. And, uh, a couple of my friends kind of called me back and said, Hey man, look, great content, but you need some dialogue. You need somebody (laughs) to talk to you. You need some help. (laughs) You need some help. And so uh, I had to swallow my pride and say, okay, man, I, uh, I'm going to get some guests on here. And so I thought about you, man, and I said, well, I'm just going to get Kevin. He uh, he talks to me around town, so I'm going to let him come talk that's to That's right. Me. That's right.
1: Well, we've kind of learned a lot in the last few months. We, we
0: sure have. We sure have. Yeah, and we're definitely going to get into some yeah. of that. But here's what I want you to do, man, if you don't yeah. mind, just kind of, if you will, just kind of start out by telling us how you got to where you are today. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, I grew up in Monroe, about 25 miles down the road. Graduated locally, Wichita Christian School, ULM, all that good stuff, and uh, just kind of, kind of did the youth ministry thing for a while, Casey, and um, probably, man, about 15 years, I was in student student ministry, and just felt God's. Kind of tug at my heart to, yeah. to, to begin to you know, Preen, you probably know felt 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 some of those same things, and uh, actually ended up here in Bastrop at Cherry Ridge. I was a youth pastor here and associate pastor, and um, long story short, God sent me. Um, to California. Oh, man, that's a little and ways away from here. <laughs> it, it was out of my comfort zone and really called me to to a place where I was not expecting. Yeah. Uh, I, matter of fact, I was even um, was looking at going to my home church, which is First Baptist Chow- downtown Monroe, at the same time, and yeah. all of it just kind of worked out. And God just, man, just really opened the doors for us, went and pastored a little church out there, and it was almost like being on mission. I mean, it was yeah. so different. I mean, culture here and culture yeah, there. Yeah, I bet. And look, and it wasn't California beaches and sun and all that stuff. It was California mountains and snow and cold. We'd have about six or eight feet of snow every winter. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, that's a lot different than Louisiana. It was a lot different. But, uh, (laughs) but man, I cut my teeth and pastor, learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, and I was fortunate to be at a church where they allowed me to do that. Yeah. And um, about six years into that ministry, um, my kids were getting older. I uh, had a granddaughter at the time, and, and um, God just began to lead us back. Be, we prayed for about a year that God would kind of show us my parents are here. They're aging and things, and um, just kind of wanted to, to felt like I was going to move back. And about a year after we started praying, I uh, got a call from North Monroe. I knew a guy at North Monroe, right. and he knew me just from the past. I had done D-Nows for him. Um, and uh, and so that's kind of how it all played out, and we ended up at North Monroe, and right here in Bastrop, man, I love love Bastrop. I have fallen in love with the community, and just yeah. just really love being here. So awesome,
0: man! Now, how long have you been back here in Bastrop? Been how many back
1: years? here almost four four and a half years. Four now. and a half years. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I
0: I knew it was. i I'd been here six years at Bonita Road. I knew it was after that. Just didn't know the exact time yeah. frame there. Yeah. So. so so God brought you right back here to uh, Bastrop hometown. That's right. And, uh, Brought you from Louisiana to California, back to Louisiana, that's man. Right. What a journey! It did have, well, it, was, it was a journey. It sure was. Yeah.
1: Nothing, nothing ever really goes in a straight line when you can. When God's concerned, that's, you know. Yes, yeah, right. So when you surrender to Him, you pretty much whatever that's you right. want to do, Lord. That's right. So He
0: takes you wherever He wants to. Yep. Well, let, let's talk about this for a minute because okay. you're at North Church Bastrop, which that's y'all right. have just recently gone through that name change. Um, you're pretty much a multi-site campus from North Monroe Baptist in Monroe, so. Kind of walk us through, you know, the, the, I guess the transition of doing that, but also not just that, but what's it like to um, be the pastor at the multi site that has you know, a sponsored church, if you will. So just give us some ideas and thoughts about what the leadership is like doing that.
1: Uh, I mean, and I think, uh, man, I I don't—you always think you're learning so much, and then you get to a new spot, and you realize how much you have left to learn. Right. And this has been one of those moments for me. But, man, um, North Monroe Baptist Church, I grew up actually about— four miles from North Monroe never stepped foot in the doors of North Monroe except to play basketball in our gym yeah and um you know but uh man what a what a blessing it's been um to be a part of a church that that really all all about great commission great commandment that's that's our that's our that's our deal right and that's what we're after and um and they planted this church gosh man it's been about seven eight years ago now yeah and um and it's it's been a struggle, uh, campus-wise, right. um, to to kind of get established here. And and it wasn't because they thought they needed, um, you know, to flaunt the North Monroe brand or anything like that. It's just that they saw a need. A church was struggling, and they they came in and kind of kind of took that position of of kind of locking down that position but as you know something we do um probably that's a little different than than most churches in Bastrop is we're all contemporary all our music's contemporary and all that kind of stuff um but as far as being um connected to another church um that's new for me and I'm having to learn through that process because um and I'm thankful um that I'm I'm have the pastor that I have, uh, right. Pastor Bill Dye. I mean, just uh, you talk about leadership. I mean, that, that that is where I've learned so much in the last four years, just about how to make decisions and the timing of decisions and right. how important that is. Because um, I think knee-jerk, especially for young guys, I remember when I was that way, I just want to go in and change everything. Right. Yeah. And I think there's timing involved. Yeah, you in can that. make
0: a good decision at the wrong time mm-hmm. and it'd be bad. That's exactly yeah.
1: right. That's exactly right. And, and so the name change is one of those things. You brought that up. Um, I would. I've been here about three years. We went. We go on a staff retreat every every January. We had talked about one of the things that was, you know, bar- a barrier for us. And yeah. man, the name change was important to us here in Bastrop um, because we were talking to people in Bastrop about North Monroe at Bastrop. And they would say, North Monroe, that's the ch- big church down in Monroe. Right. So we were running into that barrier. And then we were also kind of carrying a stigma of, well, this big church wants to come in and our little community. And, and yeah. so we had to, we had to pray through that. And, and really the timing of that was, was something that we felt like was exactly right. God yeah. did it in the time. Cause I think that was something we saw right immediately after I got here, that it was just a struggle for us. Yeah. But, um, but we're in this community as Northman Road Baptist Church, but we also want to be in this community, right? And so we needed to, we needed to kind of differentiate ourselves a yeah. little bit so that we can minister to our community, right? We, we,
0: so, so you pretty much you 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 could see that as um, a challenge of being a multi-site coming from a larger church into maybe a smaller community. Oh, Yeah. What well, what what are some other challenges that you kind of face in doing? The multi-site, I mean, I'm not sure how you guys do it, but I know a lot of multi-site churches, like, you know, the the pastor at the sponsor church, um, you know, you hate to refer to it as a main church, because right. it's not, it's just the sponsor yeah. church, and they have a, a message or a series, right. and do you keep in line with their series? I mean, I know you just develop your own message to go right. along but you keep in line with that series how does that work for we you guys do. is that um, a challenge
1: we do and it is uh, you know at the very beginning for me i think the one thing that i learned and what i realized that the t- the couple of pastors that had been there before me had learned that communication is difficult yeah. um like you got you got a campus but right. you're not far away and uh for us we're 25 miles from from munro right. uh, you know phone calls are one thing but being in the same room with your leadership is is something that we find invaluable right. and so every monday i'm a leadership meeting down there we talk about sermons sermon structure sermon series where we're going next and and that's primarily Bill's deal I mean he's he's kind of got the feel for the church right um and then you know we um we kind of collaborate as far as he'll send his um his study notes his outline and then I'll kind of make it um Bastrop specific and and that kind of thing but we're we're generally preaching the same thing right um, matter of fact, you could probably walk into both both campuses on a given Sunday and say, "I've heard that before." Right. Uh, and and our styles are different, way different, and and our deliveries are different, and the the content is somewhat different. Um, but we we do look at ourselves as one church, two locations. Sure. Right. And um and so we try to make it as as um as much of a flow as possible yeah. in that regard. Um. But yeah, I think for us, man, communication was was a struggle. And yeah. And um just learning how to, because they're a big church. I mean, Monroe campuses, I mean, they're running, well, before all this mess happened, they're running sixteen, eighteen hundred. 1,800, where we're running 150, 170. Right and um, so the the things that they would think to do didn't really apply to us so they wouldn't think to mention them to us and then we're like kind of like well hey what about this for us and and they would say oh yeah but you know here in the last six months we've really worked through that and I think um, just me being down there on Mondays helps helps us communicate that in a way that we weren't before and so
0: sometimes if they're not seeing you in a meeting they don't think to Ask the questions that you might need the answers that's to right. because they don't see you, and it's not so, not their fault. It's right. not that
1: they, you know, they're just yeah. It's just yeah. focus what's right in front of
0: you. So, so, so that's a challenge. Of course, that challenge is is uh, pretty much answered by uh, communication. Yeah. All right, Commun- good communication, which yeah. is a good leadership principle. Um, but what are some of the rewards that you would say of leading a multi site campus? And and we have we have a multi site, and of course you know right. that. Uh, right. Kevin knows that we're in the same community, but we have a multi-site, but it's different because I, I just drive over there and preach yeah. three times a month, and another one of my deacons preaches for me another time, so I can pretty much go over there and then jump back over here at eleven and preach, you know, here. So it's a little bit different. So yeah. what are some of the rewards of leading the multi-site in the way that y'all do?
1: Well, then I think, and, and I'll tell you what man, mean when when I, right before I came here, as a matter of fact, right after I got here, even for about a month. Um, Bill had been for uh, the past year. He had been doing a service in Monroe at, at eight thirty, driving to Bastrop, doing a service, and then driving back and doing their second service down oh, there. Man. So, man, he was wearing himself thin. He sure he, was. It was a struggle for him. But I, I think I think where communication is a struggle, communication is also for us a positive, right? Because um, because I think his vision. Um, which is for us it's great commission great commandment and and that is that translates here and it tra- well it translates everywhere you know that and it's right. probably the same I mean, essentially the same vision here i know sure. you've got the core values and things that might be different but I mean we're all on the same mission we're all we're That's all right. doing the same things um but i think one of the great things for us is is that while we struggle through some of that communication issue, is we do have resources available to us as a, as a small campus. Right. Where I'm, I've been in small churches before where we didn't have those resources. And um, I, I see that sometimes as... Uh, you know, a struggle of I got to ask for it. I got, but I can't ask for it. Right, yeah. and it is a blessing, yeah. and it and it's a wonderful thing to to have those um to have those resources kind of at our fingertips, so right. to speak. Because as far as Bill's concerned, whatever's theirs is ours. Sure. So, and and that's a you know that's a
0: that's that whole mentality of the you know one church, two locations, right. and you get to share in all of that's that. Right. Those that's resources, right. yeah,
1: that's right, and, and it benefits us, but it also benefits our community, which right. is important for us. So. Yeah,
0: that's good. Yeah. Good. Have, did, have you found it to uh, be fairly easy to like staff the multi-site being away from the larger campus, or does the larger campus kind of um, funnel some people toward y'all? Or y'all just kind of how does that how does that work for you guys? Um,
1: the the good part about it is is that um, I. We we hired a youth minister, I guess, two and a half years ago, is the last person we've hired. And um turned out now he's my son in law. Go figure on that Come one. Come on man. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> didn't start out this. that way, but <laughs> here it he is now. But uh no, you know, uh, I was completely in on that. Uh, right. in 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 on the process. As a matter of fact. Um, Bill didn't even meet him till after you know we had interviewed him and kind of kind of settled on that and so it's a blessing to have that trust and well yeah because you know the time. heartbeat of that congregation
0: right. which is different than the congregation in North Monroe absolutely yeah.
1: absolutely yeah. so um, so yeah I think that's a that's a very very positive thing that I've been able to do is kind of um, kind of be the leader here, right? Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and defer to leadership of course, of, of our senior pastor. Um, but, but he is such a good, um, good guy given the, the opportunity and say, right. hey, man, it's your ministry. Yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah. Do, he trusts it. you to do take your, it and do what right.
0: God would have it. Done. That's there, right. Yeah. And, which is
1: good. And, and that's a struggle with
0: leadership. I mean, oh, sometimes
1: yeah. leaders want to do it all. Oh, and yeah. You can't yeah. do it all.
0: I feel that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do too. I do I want to have my hand on all I, kinds of stuff. And I have, I have, have to hard, go back and look at my own leadership advice and go, all right, brother, you need to stop doing what you're telling them they don't need to be doing. That's right. You so, got to let go of that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. You, you got to trust them to, it's a good slogan, I guess we always use trust them to fail forward. Yeah. they are right. going to fall, but help them fall forward yep. and, and get back up and, and keep moving in the right direction. Yep. So, um, yeah, that's good stuff because, of course, we're in this multi-site um, endeavor. I guess now I've been in it for a couple years and or a year and a half, and uh, so. But it's different. I've noticed that they're all different. I mm-hmm. mean, it just depends on, you know, how far away the uh, sponsoring church is or whatever, you know. And so for us, it's just been pretty. It's been pretty easy as far as. You know, staffing it because we had some people that were primed and ready already here that we've been training, and we were able to incorporate them there. Um, I have a deacon of mine that um, he surrendered to preach, and um, he'd been preaching for several years now. So he comes in and fills in for me once a month, and so I'm able to drive back and forth. So that's been real good. But as we move forward and as the church grows, I know we're going to have to take a, a little bit different approach. Right. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like yet, but yeah. I know that's going to happen right. eventually. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we also we pray about whether we you know want to turn the church loose to be its own church again mm-hmm. or um, do we want to keep it as a part of Bonita Road. Um, those are all things we're not sure of yet. We're right. just kind of—we really set out to do like a three-year journey um, because the, uh, the Louisiana Baptist Convention helps us financially in that church endeavor. And uh, so it's a three-year program through them. And so we were like, let's do this for three years and see what it looks like after those three years, and then we can take the next step. Right. So um, we're a year and a half into that, and um, we're talking a church that, much like what you're talking about, take a struggling church and, and mm-hmm. try to revive mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's a church that was run in six yeah. you know two sets of deacons yeah. or two deacons and their wives and a pastor and their wife his wife and uh and now we're running of course before the coronavirus hit we were mm. running around a hundred but right. um you know since we've kind of emerged back up we've been running in the 50s 60s so um, I trust we'll get back to that other you know other uh, 100 mark whenever everything kind of normalizes but but yeah I mean it just some challenges definitely some rewarding parts as well mm-hmm. and so it's just been kind of cool to be a part of that I kind of got an entrepreneurial spirit about me anyway yeah and so this kind of feeds into yeah. that because yeah. that's kind of what this is it man is. I mean you're yeah. just diving off into something like man, pray to God this works that's, you right. Know? <laughs> that's right I feel like God's leading us to do it so mm-hmm. we got to make up some things as we go and we just got to be creative and and you know kind of get the ball rolling so all right, so so let's let's kind of shift gears a minute here because um, I want all of this to be about leadership. So here's a question for you. Um, who are some people that have helped shape your leadership style? Maybe some people that you, long-distance mentors or, you know, close relationships, people that have just helped you shape your style.
1: And, of course, I've already mentioned Pastor Bill, and, right. and I think he's he's important to that. But, man, I, I think back. To my my youth pastor when I was a teenager, yeah, um, and he's still in my life. It's it's amazing how those relationships work. Uh, but he he I never saw him as a leader. Yeah, I, I mean he he was, and I suppose he had you know you know he did all these things that I didn't know about at the time. But man, what I learned from him and what my personality's really become is is he was personally invested in the people around him. Right, and and he spent time with me. Probably that I didn't deserve, but he saw something and he invested that time in me and, and that's I think my personal leadership style is more that way right. um, I tend to um, to be a hands-on guy in the life of a few right. and um, and that's what I, I really feel called to do yeah Man, um, and then I had a guy when I was in California. Man, his name was his name was Coy Ziegler, but we called him Zig. And so it was funny because he has always introduced himself as Zig Ziegler. As a matter of fact, that's a cool name. When Zig Zieg Ziegler died, <laughs> he got a he got a his wife got a sympathy card because they thought it was him. <laughs> so it it was a it was a you know funny thing we'd always joke with him about. But man, he was probably eighty two when I got there. Yeah. Um, and I was there for six years, and and but man, he just loved the Lord, and he. He, he was one of those guys that just, those sparks of wisdom. Right. But for him, it all came back to the Word. And yeah. that's so important in pastoral leadership is that, you know, I find myself wanting to do something or, or kind of like you said, just unleashing, right. you know, everything that's in my brain. And I had to remember, and he he would always point me back, well, Kevin, have you have you filtered that through the word? Because right. if the word's opposed to it, or if the word doesn't confirm it, then you better walk away from it. Yeah. And so um, those those two guys probably the most influential. And it's funny because I was young. with well, was probably 15 when I met Terry. And then um, I was probably 35 when I met Zig. And right. those, those two guys probably impacted me more than any two in my, my life other than my dad. Yeah, so. two,
0: two different stages of life. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, two absolutely. different unique relationships, which, which I guess, you know, I mean, when you think about that, it's, it's about relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing is about relationships and pouring into other people. You mentioned something just a few minutes ago I want to touch on. You said something about uh, investing in a few. Do, do you find sometimes as a pastor of a church and, and as a leader um, that that principle which is a biblical principle, it's a Jesus it's principle, a that's right? right? That's exactly you know, I mean, right. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the most perfect leader ever did that, but do you find that some folks have a hard time if you only want to invest in a few people yeah. that they feel left out and maybe jealous or something like that? I mean, I, is it, I think is it just me? No, but I think <laughs> that plays
1: into it, man. And, I, and I, I think about that. I've thought about that. I was reading a book not too long ago called 12 Ordinary Men. It was,
0: yeah. I don't remember
1: who wrote it. but I it's think it's John the, MacArthur. Yeah, I think yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, uh, man, I was thinking about, as I was. Was reading these things because we know Peter, James, and John were the yeah. the kind of the inner so the ones that Jesus really took up to invested in a right. little bit more than the rest. That's right. And I always wonder what those other nine guys felt yeah. like. Yeah, Because you, you kind of see it. I mean, they're on outside looking in. Yeah. They didn't get to go here, and they didn't get to do these things. wonder they're, what they're talking about. One, yeah, <laughs> I wonder what's going on there. And and I think that does play into our yeah. in our deal. And I think sometimes that puts us at a deficit because we do want to minister to everybody. Right. and And our heart is to minister to everybody and to equip the saints. But it's at, at the same time, there's a time in my pastoral duties that I have to separate myself from that and say I'm still a disciple. Right. And so I've got to, I've got to disciple individuals, and right. I can't I can't disciple a hundred individuals, but right. I can disciple three. Yeah, yeah, and, that's right. And
0: I, I think that's what makes it so difficult is I mean if you just look at it from a practical perspective, you know, how am I going to invite five hundred people to my house? That's right. I mean, I you know I mean it's just not logical. Yeah. But I can invite six people over to my house and so on and so forth. So I mean I, I just you know I I just wonder sometimes if other. and I feel like they do. Obviously you do. Other guys feel the same as I do. It's like, man, I'd love to be able to invest in everyone, but it's it's, number one, it's just not practical. But number two, whenever I look at the leadership style of Jesus, you know, he took those 12 men. And even in the midst of that 12, he had the three that you were talking about, Peter, Mm -hmm. James, and John, and he really poured into them Mm -hmm. uh, even more so. And uh, I just think that's a good principle because, I mean, you know, we've all heard that, you know, it's a, a mile wide and an inch thick, you know, yep. uh, or inch deep. So I don't, I don't want to live my life that way. As far as discipleship, I want to invest in a few people really well, and then when they start investing in others and multiplying disciples, which is what we want, yep. then I can pick up a few more disciples right. and. You know, do it that way.
1: Yeah, um, and you just and you just pray that the people that you're leading understand your yeah, heart. I mean, yeah. and, and, I, and sometimes I think people do get their feelings yeah, hurt if we're just right. sitting here talking yeah. with each other. And, yeah, you know, but, I mean, that's just. Uh, it, Nobody pay
0: uh, attention to this on the podcast. We're just talking to each other, that's, all right? It's that's private right. conversation. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you have to deal with stuff like that sometimes, I guess, in leading large groups of people. And yep. uh, it can be a challenge for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I definitely can look back at my life and think about, you know, people myself, um, that has invested in me and I have some long distance relationships with people, people I don't talk about, uh, more famous people that, uh, you know, if that's a good word, but people that I can just, I can call them, I can talk to them, um, you know, and things like that. But I listen to them a lot, you know, I mean, whether it's a podcast or a message or something like that. And Mm -hmm. I have the ability to be able to call them and talk to them, But mostly, they're just pouring into me from me listening to their teaching and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So Johnny Hunt's one of those for me. I mean, I I am a passionate fan of Johnny Hunt. and Now he's not pastoring, and that was a part of my weekly routine. When I come to church, uh, Tuesdays or so was when they would load up their sermons on their website. I would listen to his messages from the week before. And so now he's working for Nam, and he's not the pastor there. So I'm like, oh yeah. man, yeah, how am I going to listen to Johnny? You know. <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so I have guys like that, and that you know that I'm sure that you do as well, mm-hmm. um, that's helped shape the way that you are. One of the things I love about Johnny is that he's passionate. Yeah. And that's the way I am. just a real passionate person, and uh, and so I just I just love that about him. All right, so so let's kind of start narrowing it down to the end, I guess. And I want to ask you this, and and you just. Shoot from the hip on some of these things, oh, but man. Uh, yeah, it could be dangerous. Yeah, uh, what are some leadership nuggets, man, that you would give to maybe younger leaders, younger pastors, just or or just leadership nuggets? Period things that people would just really need to grab a hold of this you know I think the
1: several things that have come to mind but the first one immediately that comes to mind and we've already said it two or three times is leadership is ultimately about relationships yeah uh, and we can't get away from that right I mean if you're not leading people then what are you leading yeah. so if we're leading people then we have to be relational right. And sometimes as leaders we're out in front and we're taking heat and we're doing all those things we can't forget that yeah. and and I think sometimes we have a tendency to forget that so leadership for me is always personal right I always try to remind myself
0: yeah, I, I made a statement the other day on on my uh one of my facebook pages and stuff um and i said you can't be a loner and a leader that's right because leading is about relationships that, absolutely. and if you're going to be a loner you're not going to be able to lead anybody because right. you got to develop relationships
1: and, and i think yeah. and i think for me to be a, a leader in a church culture and and you know i don't know who's listening to this outside of church culture but maybe it even applies but you have to know the you have to know the why you have to know who you're following yeah um in order to lead People to that are going to follow you because right. what did Paul say? Paul Paul said, "I want people to imitate me because I'm imitating I'm taking, Christ." Yes, right. So I, I don't want to make little Kevin's. I want to make little Christ. So that's I better right. be sure who I'm following. Um, but I'll tell you one thing that's really revolutionized my leadership. Maybe my my pastoral uh, deal is is I have learned finally. It took me a long time. I was terrible. <laughs> I was terrible at this when I was in my twenties, especially. But I've learned how to be intentional with my time. Right. I think as leaders, we have to we have to guard our time. I'm a list maker, so it's easy for me. And I, I mean, I encourage young leaders if they're listening to this. You need to learn how to make a to-do list. You need to, you know, I map my time out. My yeah. my, my time is mapped out, um, pretty much a week in advance. And yeah. and not to say I'm not flexible, right? Because I think that's another part of leader, leadership. You know, right. Jesus said that, didn't he? Blessed are the flexible. He might not yes. have said that. It seems <laughs> like a sermon on the he mouth should thing. Have. <laughs> uh, blessed are the flexible, for they yeah. won't be broken or something yeah. like that. But 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 I think we had to be flexible. But at the same time, I all I have is my time. Yeah. And if I if I'm lazy with it, if I'm not on purpose with it, or if I squander it, or if I get caught up in a meeting that I don't need to be in or a phone call that I yeah. don't need to have, then I'll miss what what I'm supposed to be really doing in that moment. Right. So I try to schedule time for all those things that yeah. I'm not expecting, but I also am very intentional with the time that I have. Andy Stanley, uh, he's one of the guys I love to listen to his leadership podcast, right. um, but he said something that impacted me on that. He said, direction determines your destination. And he, and he goes on to explain that, that a lot of times we're intentional or we we intend to do certain things, but because our direction, we're not heading in that direction, we're not going to end up at the destination we wanted to right, be at. mean, right. I can go out to I-20 and want to go to Shreveport and end up in Jackson because I'm going east, you right. know, and that my intent was to go west, but I went east. Right. And I think that's the same way with our time. It's our it's our same way with our, our relationship with God. I mean, and that's, that's probably another thing. I don't know. I'm, you talk about rapid fire. All these things are coming to my head. Yeah. But, well, one thing I learned too, when I was um probably man, several years into pastoring was I've got to learn how to separate my personal spiritual growth from my for my message study, yeah. for my Bible study prep, because right. I, I, you know, at times in my ministry, I've leaned on that as my, as my. It's hard to do, my, man. That's right. But I've <laughs> yeah. learned, and you got, you got to do that. And the younger you can learn that, man, yeah. the more beneficial it's going to be to your ministry, to the people that you're coming in contact with, to your wife. Right. I think, I think if I'd have learned that a long time ago, it would have saved me some of those headaches that right. I had to go through. Yeah. But um, but se- learn how to separate that your spiritual walk with your spiritual job. Yeah. And um, and that's that's really important so
0: yeah he definitely anyway. wants you walking with him before you working for him that's right that's you know that's exactly right <laughs> so, man couldn't yeah. say it better yeah
1: but and, and and here's the deal and this is what I love about North Monroe uh what I love about Bill is every staff meeting we have almost without um, fail he'll tell us what are you doing to take a risk are you, t- are you i think right. as l- young leaders we're scared to fail yeah and we've got to learn how to how to let failure be an opportunity right. and, and risking is is the only way that you're going to get get to where you want to get right um, yeah. and we've got to learn how to how to take those risks and we're going to fail Sure. And when we fail, we're going to, we, we say it at Norman Road, we say we're going to fire the cannon. Yeah. We're not going to do it again. We're yeah. going to celebrate that defeat and we're not going to do it again. We're right. going to put it to bed. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, you know, that's a personal principle too. Sure. But uh, but for sure leadership, for sure church leadership. I mean, there's things we do that just flop right. and, and they don't land. They don't reach anybody that you kind of wonder why you're doing it. Um, but if we never tried it, we wouldn't have known it. Right. And we may learn something in the midst of it that sparks something else. So, right. um, taking risk is a valuable, valuable thing as yeah. a leader. Uh, you, you gotta be willing to, to put yourself out there a little bit. Sure. Or, uh, I mean, I think about what, what Paul say, you know, to the Jew, I become a Jew to right. uh, and basically what Paul's saying is I'm going to do anything short of sinning right. to bring people to Jesus. Yeah. And I think as a church, as, as leaders, we've got to do the same thing. I'm going right. to do whatever it takes. And if that means I'm going to fall flat on my face and fail, right. then I'm going to be willing to do that if, if, if it gets me closer to bringing somebody to Jesus. Yeah, and, that's right. If it so, doesn't
0: work, we just won't do it anymore. That's right. We'll try something different. And, and don't
1: be stupid yeah. because yeah. there's times when we've yeah. done the same thing over and over again and, yeah. and it didn't work. And that right. was, that was was you got to know when to pull the plug and know yeah. when you failed, too. Yeah, you got to right? know when
0: to uh, – kill those sacred cows and stuff like that. We've been doing this for a long time, but it doesn't work. (laughs) You know, get rid of that thing. that's right. Yeah. Well, I I think you said something a few minutes ago that was uh, stuck out in my mind. Um, You said on purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's a very important leadership message. We've got to make sure that we're on purpose. And uh, that means you've got to, man, you've got to put prayer, you've got to put thought and then you have to put feet to all of that. You, you, you can't just you can't live in this, this dreamland of having all these thoughts but not be on purpose about trying to pull those things off. Right. And I've also noticed that you have to also be on purpose in uh, the decisions that you do make. Um, we, we talk about it all the time around here that we want to choose the God idea, not the good idea. Mm-hmm. You know, I always tell people when we do a new member orientation, I'll say, look, if you ever come to me with a good idea and I say that's not the God idea right now for this moment, don't be upset with me because we can do 300 good ideas right. and be sidetracked from the God idea. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we are prayerful and we're just doing those things that's the God idea. And listen, if we try something that don't work, you know, then we'll 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 back up, we'll punt, do something else. Yep. Um, but we want to try to strive to be on purpose in doing the God idea, what He wants for that's us. Right. Sometimes that's hard for people to accept and, and to go along with. But I just don't want us to be, I know for my own church, uh, I don't want us to be just doing so many things that we're not good at anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I want I would rather do a few things and be on purpose in those things and to reach people through those things and doing them really, really well. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just think that's a good principle of being on purpose whether it's your time or the things that you're doing ministry whatever just be on purpose with you got it, it you know that's right so yeah yeah good stuff man well I, hey dude this is a good conversation are man. we done are yeah we, is that it, man? yeah I, you know that's like 32 minutes no bro that's yeah. awesome that's well I appreciate sweet. you having me oh it's yeah good. yeah we'll have to do it again sometime I uh you know sometimes when we live in the same town you know <laughs> pastors live in the same town it almost feels like you know, you don't. You got to be careful to make sure people are not going, Well, they're in competition with each other and no, stuff. Oh, I'm, man. hey man, we're we're both just trying to fight. The, his backpack just fell off the table. Yeah. So if you heard a boom. But uh, we're we're, we're trying to fight the devil together, man, and and win some people for Jesus. Man, we're all on the same team. I get so frustrated with that,
1: man. We are not in competition. I'm not trying to take your people. You're not trying to take mine. We're just trying to win as many people as we can. That's part of good
0: leadership, too, to recognize that. You know, man, I appreciate you doing that. Kevin's always been real good to me, and I appreciate that. So, hey, guys, if you want to um, look Kevin up, you can look him up at com. Uh, where he has a ministry called Live on Purpose. And he does a lot of devotionals there, a lot of encouraging things there. So go check him out on that. And Kevin, man, I appreciate you joining me today. And we're going to let that be a wrap for the day. All right, Casey. Thank you a lot, man. I appreciate, right, appreciate it, brother.